Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Well, hello. Today we're talking about the staghorn fern, which is very exciting because I've had a lot of requests for this podcast episode. And as you might notice listening to this initial part is I did not figure out the audio problem from last time. I literally deleted the program I recorded, reinstalled it, and the settings were still the same. I tried changing settings. I've tried everything with the microphone, tried using a different microphone, and no matter what, it was still not working. So I'm really sorry. But this podcast episode is going to sound a little bit like the other one where it just doesn't sound quite right, but all the information will be here. And then hopefully I'll be able to figure it out eventually, or I'll just try a different recording program. No, no, we'll figure it out. But we're going to focus on staghorn fern today. This is episode 79. And the staghorn fern is really, really pretty, fro- almost frosty green color, sometimes blue-ish tinted. And this is one that's loved by almost every plant lover, plant person, plant parent. If you don't love it, you're intrigued by it. So it is considered a more difficult plant to take care of. But I think anyone at any skill level should be able to take care of this as long as they have the tools to do it, which is why I'm here. So staghorn fern botanical name is Clytocerium bifurcatum, I believe is the Latin name for the staghorn fern. These, like I said, have a bluish green chalky feeling frond to them. Remember the leaves or the foliage on a fern is typically called a frond. um, And usually frond and leaf is kind of interchangeable, but they have a really unique shape to them. They have a base frond, which is almost like a shield really protecting the base of the plant, the root system, all that good stuff. And then the fronds that kind of jut out from the base are the ones that have the pretty blue-green color and the ones that get their name from it. So the frosty green antler-like fronds, which is the reason it's called staghorn fern, grows out from that base. And I want you to be sure that that base is eventually going to turn from a light green to a brown, almost tan, crunchy, papery feeling texture. And that's totally normal. You don't want to be pulling that off. That's there to protect the base of the plant. And it's supposed to look brown eventually. Also, the fronds, the main fronds in the front jutting out from the base might have clusters of spores that grow underneath the leaves too, which could be looking like just brown clusters underneath the leaves. I really want you to make sure that is not messed with either, unless you're trying to propagate, obviously, through spore germination, but that is normal as well. That wouldn't be an insect. So we're going to dive right into sun requirements. The reason I'm jumping right into sun requirements is because variety-wise, there are a bunch of ferns in this family that are not just called staghorn fern. There's also elkhorn fern and different varieties of it that look ever so slightly different, but we're just going to focus on the staghorn fern in itself, which is a variety in itself. Well, a variety in itself and in the most commonly found when you're plant shopping, put it that way. So sunlight requirements, pretty simple. They prefer to be in bright indirect light, which is actually unusual for ferns in general. Ferns typically like to be Medium light, some can even handle low, but this guy prefers to be in bright, indirect light. They can handle medium light too and grow well in medium light, but to really thrive, they like to be in that bright, indirect light. 
I would avoid at all costs direct sunlight because that can cause burning for the staghorn ferns. So if you need help understanding your lighting situation or what it means or if you want to look into grow lights, I do have podcast episodes and they're linked in the blog post specifically. Just have a better understanding of lighting and grow lights. All right, we're going to jump into water requirements, fertilizing, and propagation. Okay, so water requirements is what makes this plant somewhat a little bit more difficult. Watering for these ferns really depends on the form you have it in. So a lot of people like to mount the staghorn ferns in an epiphytic way, whether it's mostly people like to mount them on like a wood plaque and kind of tie them up there with wire, twine, or something. That's the most common way to do it. And it's pretty good for them because they are epiphytic and that's what they can handle. Some people would, will put them in a moss ball kind of situation or in a, something of like a hanging type thing. Either way, in that way, you're going to have to be able to access it and take it off the wall to water it, just like you would kind of an air plant. Air plants, you need to soak or at least water in some kind of way. You're going to need the same access to air plants as you would for the staghorn fern. If you have the plant in soil, usually people might keep it in soil if it's a younger plant. If it is a little bit of an older plant, growing it against a wood plaque or kind of just like floating or hanging or something like that is probably the healthiest way for this plant to grow. If it's in soil, there's a good chance eventually if you're slightly watering too much, it could rot. So if you are keeping it in soil for now because it's a younger plant, you want to make sure you have a very, very well-draining soil and water from the bottom if you can, because that would be preferred way of just like not overwatering it. And then you want to make sure it's not sitting in water for too long when you do water it. That medium moisture to almost low moisture, low moisture is what these staghorn ferns prefer, which is also unique to ferns because typically they are a medium, sometimes high moisture plant. But these can bounce back really well with being drought tolerant and not watered enough. So low to medium moisture. If you're hanging them, they need to be accessible to either soak or throw in the shower just to get it watered and kind of drip out. The other component to water requirements is humidity. And these really do prefer to be in high humidity if possible. So if you don't have it near a humidifier, misting quite regularly, like multiple times a day if you can, or just as often as possible, the fronds do take in moisture. So that also helps with keeping the plant moisture high and humidity high. Okay, fertilizer. The Practical Houseplant book says from spring to early fall, apply a balanced liquid fertilizer monthly. For me, hanging it is a little bit more difficult to fertilize it. So if you have it in soil, yeah, that makes sense to do so. But if you do have it hanging or on a plaque, it's a little bit more difficult to do so because if you're just showering, the water is exiting pretty fast from the plant. In that case, what I would do is I would actually just take a saucer fill it with water and fertilizer very, very diluted and just let it soak for a little bit. That way it does get the fertilizer soaked into the, the root system, the moss, whatever you have surrounding the root system. That way it does absorb the fertilizer and it isn't just running out. These plants are a little sensitive to fertilizer, so I would just make sure you're cutting back on the amount it recommends. And I still use the Fox Farms Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer when I am fertilizing. For a while, I had my plant in soil because it was a little younger and I didn't want to shock it because I think I got it like later in the year. But I did recently mount it this weekend onto a wood plaque. So 
in that case, I just have it sitting up against kind of an area that gets bright indirect sun, medium sun, and then I will bring it into the shower to water it. The fertilizing days that I'm going to, I have that saucer ready with the diluted fertilizer that I'm just going to kind of sit it in for a while. And then that's how I'm going to do it. I'll probably do it every two weeks or so based on the fertilizer recommendation of my fertilizer that I have. And I fertilize my plants probably about once every two weeks or so. My packaging says once a week, but I would rather under fertilize than over fertilize because I don't want to burn the plants with the fertilizer. So obviously there are several ways to do this. The fact that they're mounted or hanging makes it a little bit more difficult. That's fertilizer. And for propagation, pretty simple. The staghorn fern will kind of create pups along the base of the plant, along the main plant, I guess I should say, the parent plant. And those can be pulled off or cut off and created into new plants and grown. I would just be gentle with doing that and maybe wait till they're a little bit more established at the base of the staghorn fern. You can also technically create a new plant with spore germination, but that's a little bit more involved and I would not recommend that for your first time trying to propagate a staghorn fern. I think staghorn fern are fairly slow growing, so you're probably not going to get a good opportunity to propagate this plant very often. So just probably soak in the plant you currently have. If you want another one, it might be easier to buy another one. So that's a little bit about propagation. Probably not a huge thing you're going to be involved in with the staghorn fern itself. So let's jump into the other facts and the Instagram Q&A. The staghorn fern is part of the Polypodiaceae family, and it's native to parts of Australia, and I saw conflicting areas too. I've seen Malaysia, Java, New Guinea. Basically, all those tropical areas is where this is native to. It is considered invasive on the Hawaiian Islands, so if you are over there, just be careful with this houseplant. If you're cutting it, trimming it, propagating it, make sure you're not letting it loose in your yard. And then it can grow naturally in places like Florida in the United States as well. It says online, basically, University of Florida said to be cautious when planting it and kind of monitor it. It's not considered invasive there, but it is an aggressive grower. So staghorn ferns can actually grow in environments with temperatures of 40 degrees Fahrenheit and above consistently. So that's why we do see it in the United States and the little more tropical areas. And they can actually withstand very short spouts of freezing temperatures, too. So if, you know, in Florida, if it gets really cold for a couple days, the staghorn fern will actually be fine. So interesting there. And that's why they do so well, because they can tolerate very hot, humid climates and they can be tolerant of really cold climates. So natively, these grow to about three to four feet wide, sometimes larger, depending on how old they are and where they are. In Hawaii, when Peter and I went on our honeymoon, we saw them growing in trees. They were just absolutely huge. A couple places I saw them, they had them hanging from trees kind of on purpose, not necessarily as part of nature in a way. And it almost looked like there was just multiple staghorns on one, but that thing had got to be like probably four feet wide. It was very, very big. So they're just really cool in the way they grow and they're really unique because of that frosty tone to them. The staghorn fern was given the Royal Horticulture Society Award of Garden Merit in 1993, and they are not toxic for pets. So it's another plant to add to your list of things to not be so worried about. If you want more information about non-toxic or toxic pets and plants, that kind of situation, episode 31 has all the information. But those are some other facts. Staghorn fern. 
I guess one other thing is staghorn ferns do not bloom. So that is not a reason you would be getting the staghorn fern either. All right, let's jump into the Instagram Q&A. As a reminder, when I have upcoming podcasts, episodes, blogs that I'm going to be releasing, I am going to be releasing kind of in my stories and Instagram if you have questions for the upcoming episode. And that's your time to ask anything and everything about the podcast episodes. So the first question is, why the name staghorn? And that is simply because the fronds on this fern really resemble the antlers of a male deer or an elk, which is why it's called staghorn. The next question is wanting to mount mine to the wall, but how am I supposed to water it? So like I said earlier, this is the difficult part of the staghorn fern. So watering a mounted staghorn fern is basically impossible if it's on your wall. You're probably going to get your wall soaking wet, your floor soaking wet, and it's going to be dripping. So unfortunately, it's not an easy one to take care of if it's just like hanging in your living room. That's why it's really nice that these kind of plants do well with drought tolerant situations simply because it allows you to go a little bit longer in between watering. But a mounted staghorn fern, you're going to need access to it. and You're going to have to be able to take it off the wall and you can either shower it, throw it in the shower real quick, soak it and then hang it back up when it's a little bit more dry or even placing it in a room where if it gets something wet, it won't be that big of a deal. You could also move it outside in the summertime if you have a space on your deck, patio, anything like that, the back of your house that doesn't get full sun, that you could take it outside and hang it out there and then you could just hose it down when it's outside. It would love that too, higher humidity and heat. I would just make sure the temperatures are 40 degrees and above consistently at night if you do move it outside. So I know it's not the most easy way of doing it, but that is how you would do it. Okay. And then the last question is how to mount in different ways and how big do they get? Can they outgrow whatever they're getting mounted to? So there are an endless number of ways to hang or mount a staghorn fern. Honestly, the Ways to Hang Houseplants podcast episode might be helpful just to get creative, but most people will take a wood plank, put some screws into it, grab some moss, a little bit of bark or soil for the base and the root system, and wire that down with the screws along the wood plank. And that's how they would mount staghorn firm. I've also seen people use those moss balls and kind of hang them from that. The technical name of them is it's Japanese moss balls or kokidama, I believe the name is. And you can hang them from them as well. Basically just a ball of moss with maybe a little bit of soil or bark in there for the plant. Staghorn ferns are notoriously known for grow being grown pretty slow. So I don't think you really have to worry about growing it outside of its vessel or growing past the board you created for it. I think eventually you might have to or you might have to replace the soil like you would in any other houseplant, soil, moss, anything like that. It basically, it, that kind of situation loses nutrients over time and you have to replenish it. And that's the reason you'd probably have to repot it, not necessarily the outgrowing it. So I hope this helps. And hope this gets you on your way with your staghorn fern. Um, I've had problems with mine in the past with a little bit of pests. I experienced thrips for the first time on my staghorn fern, but I caught it early enough and it's doing really good. And me, my 
very first one I had, I actually underwatered it, which is a common problem for me, even for a plant that likes low water situations. But the one I have now, I just mounted this weekend. So I'll I'll be posting a reel about that. So watch out for that this coming week that this podcast episode is released just to kind of show you how I did it. But there's obviously several ways to do it. Different things you can use, different materials you can use. So hope you enjoyed this podcast and I'll talk to you later. Hello. I feel so terrible that this audio is so bad considering my announcement this week. Um, But if you did not see social media, I'm going to be doing a very, very short little podcast episode after this, basically explaining what's going on. But I have decided to take a step back from the podcast consistently. So I will still be releasing podcast episodes, but taking a step back and allowing myself the time to focus on social media, interacting with you guys more and bringing more video content or in-depth newsletters separate blog posts that are not just plant bios, that kind of thing is what I want to focus on. I will still be releasing podcast episodes, but it will be in seasons. And I'm going to be taking about a six-month break. So in September, I'm going to be coming back, releasing several episodes either at once, within the same week, whatever I decide to do there. But I have decided to do that. If you did not catch all of those details, there is a post on Instagram that literally says on the front of it, big news. Click into that and read the description to get more information or Facebook too. Same thing. I use the same picture. So I'm very excited about what I have coming for you all. And I think the shift from focusing on the podcast episodes to the social media content and all the other stuff will give you guys even more information. And you'll hear from me more often, which is what I the goal is mainly here. So very excited about that. Um, And I appreciate you guys hanging with me, following me, still listening to the podcast episode. I have this lovely library of now 79 podcast episodes that are perfect for going back and checking. And obviously, I'm still here. I want to interact with you guys. So Instagram, Facebook, message me if you have a question about a plant um, or just like need tips or something. I'm always there for you too. So hope you guys have a lovely week. And I probably will not hear from you on here for a while, but you'll hear from me a lot more on social media. So if you're not following me, go follow on Facebook or Instagram at Houseplant Homebody LLC and on Pinterest too. I'll be on there a little bit more. And then the newsletters are still going to come out bi-monthly. So the next one is around the first week in April is when that will come out and I'll give more details on social media when that's coming out. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter and I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Bye.